Cunard Lines Queen Elizabeth needed to travel from Japan to Alaska and then on to Vancouver. And they took Carolyn Jasinski along as an enrichment speaker. We've talked to her about this before, but apart from having a great cruise on a traditional vessel with fine woo food, with fine food, <laughs> wine and service levels, it meant that she cut out some lengthy days at sea just trying to get to Japan from Australia. Anyway, she flew into Tokyo a week before her cruise was uh, due to depart. This fulfilled her lifelong schoolgirl ambition to visit Japan. She loved everything about it. The food, the experiences, even the chaos you might encounter at the world's wildest intersection, Shinjuku, which handles millions of pedestrians a day. I've always wanted to go to Japan. I studied Japanese at high school and never oh, got did there. did you? Yeah. Konnichiwa. So- Konnichiwa, genki desu ka? Mm. <laughs> Let me tell you. No, you've lost me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a long time, you know, on my wish list. It's, it's, and it was just amazing to get there. And, and, yeah, it was a different way to get there. But it, we did this cruise. I was speaking on board. But the repositioning cruise, just add, it just highlighted a new trend where people are actually, post-pandemic, people, uh, Aussies are a little bit more adventurous so they're not just doing cruises from australia and back to australia they're actually picking them up in foreign ports and and then they're adding on cruise extensions so it's this economic boom for destinations and tour operators and even the cruise lines so Mm. they're all cashing in on the fact that people are going there like we did four days early and we we had a look around tokyo and then at the end of it we stayed in vancouver well we've already talked about Vancouver. We have talked about Vancouver, yeah. Yes. It would take you a fair while to cruise to Japan from Australia, wouldn't it? Would it be a couple of weeks? I reckon it would be. Yeah, so flying yeah. there probably, if, if it's where you wanted to go and have some time, that probably makes more sense than well, relying on a day stay in, you know, Yokohama or whatever it was. Yeah, there's a lot of people that that if they pick up a cruise overseas, they go the day before and spend a night in a hotel, which is, you know, that's that's a boost to the local economy anyway. Sure. But we took advantage of it and spent four days in Tokyo. And what a mad place that is. Love it. Absolutely love it. Is that but, is it the sort of energy you enjoyed? I mean, I'm thinking of that crossing. There's, what's it called? Akihabara or something. That's Shinjuku. It. And it goes in like five or six different directions. It's a mad it a It is mad. mad. Yeah, they, um, reckon that, they reckon that there's about three million people a day. So the Shinjuku station is the busiest. Yeah. in Japan yeah. and about 3 million people a day go there and I reckon about those 3 million people cross that one crossing so you're probably <laughs> right and I'm surprised there's not more collisions between people oh but they're very polite the Japanese yeah it's chaotic but it works they just yeah. all get out of each other's way and they're so they're just the lovely lovely people well that's a little bit like Vietnam yes crossing the road in Vietnam looks like a, an impossible task it does well, the Japanese anyway. the Japanese version is uh, much more uh, organised. Did you so bump it, into anyone or not? No, no. You don't. And there's, there's people going from, like you said, every direction. So the, all the traffic stops and then the people walk. So you can cross straight, you can cross vertically, you can cross any angle you like, and it just works. People just get in and out your mm. way. But that right, was one that example mm. of... By the time we got to Shinjuku, we were quite used to the number of people. So yeah. Tokyo has about 37 million people, and it's just chaotic. And most of the chaos is underground. But again, it's in the um, metro train stations and the subways. 
But in some places like Tokyo Station, there's like three levels of life underground. It's just, it's unbelievable. I I kept taking videos of the number of people getting on and off trains. And, you know, you see those old videos and photos of where they actually shove people in. I I thought you'd have interviewed a shover and come (laughs) back with, you know. (laughs) You don't have time. No, you get You're getting shoved shoved yourself, are you? You get shoved in in the most... A polite, gentle way. Uh, they're they're very good at it. But there's also the train stations now have these little gateways. They're they're solid gateways, so you can't actually get near the rails or the trains until the train stops and these gates open. So it's a, it's really safe. They still push you in once the doors are open. But yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but so that yeah, the, the the city is so busy. It's buzzing all the time. And we found the best way to get around was on the trains. And here's a, here's a tip for you. Mm-hmm. Buy yourself what's called an IC card. It's it's like a like a Metro card in Sydney where – in Sydney now you can tap on and off with your credit cards. Yeah, you can. But it's it's like a day pass, but it's it's a permanent pass. So it's a I card you, you load up, is it? Yes. So we put 55 yen on there. Okay. And that was enough for four days. Oh. And that even got us, that got us all over the city multiple times a day. And it even got us at the end from Tokyo to Yokohama, which is about an hour away on the train. Right. Um, and that's where the, tr- the ship left from okay. for the cruise. So you get so much travel included. It's incredible. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Huh? And what about the food? Obviously. Oh, food was amazing. Yeah. We stopped. We actually booked a, ho- uh, a hotel in a place called Akasaka and... I have to say that carefully because as Aussies, we tend to put emphasis on the third syllable. Akasaka. Yeah, but that Japanese, it's on the second syllable. So I always have to stop myself. Akasaka. So Akasaka. And oh, this okay. is a, it's, it's a prefecture. So instead of little council areas, they have prefectures. So when you, it, it's a little bit daunting. This is my first time to Japan. So these tips are, are for oh, first time. They're gold. They're gold. Akasaka is in the heart of Tokyo and it's known for its eateries and nightlife. And I didn't know this when I booked the hotel, but it was it was absolutely brilliant. So we stayed in the Best Western. Cost me a fortune. It was about thirteen hundred dollars. It, it okay, could. and Best that was Western's not usually a five star. No, 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 no. But I couldn't afford a five star because it was peak Serious season. Money. Peak season, and yeah, we were just looking for somewhere nice. So the Best Western looked as good as any of the others, and it was. It was fabulous. It was mm-hmm. really clean. But the district is amazing. So it's full of these streets that are lit twenty four seven. It's just full of nightlife and uh, eateries from little holes in the wall where you can, you know, buy a little bit of sushi. To uh, we found a, a champagne and gyoza bar. So gyozas are like dumplings, dumplings yeah. if you like. And this was amazing. The two people, the guy, and I think it was his dad, and he was the owner and the chef, and all he did was cooked gyozas. So they cook them and then they fry them up and serve them with all sorts of little sauces. Mm. But it was a fabulous night. It made even better because we noticed all these really important-looking people. Everyone in Japan wears a suit. The men men wear suits, and especially around Akasaka. And I wasn't sure why, but there's all sorts of nightlife, so you can imagine the, the these levels. These are the journeymen who are in the suits. Are they wearing ties, by the way? Yes, yeah, all wearing ties. Oh, but they haven't even, got the Nemo, obviously. 
So when we were sitting in this restaurant and the guy was lovely, he, he was the owner and the chef and all of a sudden these three men walked in and they were obviously very important because, you know, he he dropped everything and bowed and scraped to them and, and then we noticed out the front there were the FBI agents. They're all in black with little headpieces and microphones and they were guarding. They were, it was just incredible. Oh. It was so we have a theory that they were the local Yakuza. Did they have all their fingers and thumbs? Uh, yes, they did. But And we were looking for tats, but they were all hidden. We... <laughs> no, no, I think the tats is definitely one way, but uh, wow, but, okay. But, but it was just amazing to watch. The, and these guys got everything and the owner just kept serving them. Like he would give us a drink, but he, he would go over and serve them and he was very subservient. So they were obviously very important, whoever they were. Yeah. You know, we ate in in different places. And the funny thing is that even if you can't speak Japanese, it's not a problem because all the restaurants have plastic moulded dishes out the front that show you what you're going to be eating. So it makes choices very easy. So a couple of times we went to restaurants that had, you know, an English translation of the menus. But then we went to other places where there was no translation because it was fun. And they couldn't speak much English. They all speak a little bit yeah. and they all try very hard. And, you know, of course, nowadays we've got Google Translate. So what would you say was your highlight of the visit to Japan? Oh, gee, that's a hard one. Look, just getting there was a highlight for me. i tell you what was the... Well, once we got up, four days in, in Tokyo was enough of independent touring. I was quite happy after that to hop on the ship and let them take us, deliver right. us to two more places. So right. we went to Amori. These are both north of Tokyo. So Amori was this beautiful village, if you like, quite, quite big for a village. I'm not sure what the population was, but I'm guessing probably a couple of hundred thousand. Yeah. So it's a village in terms of Japanese numbers. But that's known for the Big Buddha. So we were like real tourists and we hopped on local transport and went out to visit this Big Buddha. Go inside the Big Buddha and you can see the uh, information boards and stuff like that. But it's just a beautiful setting where it's, you know, very typical Japanese garden setting where it's peaceful and very ordered, uh, really lovely. And then Otaru, which is further north, and that... That was famous, well, for a lot of things. They've got a, a steam clock, which was actually a gift from Vancouver. Oh, they've and got a steam clock. You talked about the Vancouver one. That's right. So this is a replica of the Vancouver one. Oh. So that's one of the little highlights. But, but Otari was just gorgeous. Oh. It was just a beautiful place to walk around. I know you wanted to see Mount Fuji, but you got thwarted. <laughs> that, well, that was a low lot. So that was back in Tokyo. And we were warned, and everybody is warned you'll see all sorts of uh, commentary on Google that you can go and book. We booked a day tour. So it cost us nearly $500 for the two of us to get picked up. We went to a hotel, got picked up by buses. Now, when we got there, there would have been at least 10 busloads of people doing the same thing. So you can get the picture of where we're going here. So we hopped on the bus and it was very organised. But it was one day of rain and fog and mist in between three days of sunshine so we picked the worst day wow. <laughs> and of course you're warned that you're not necessarily going to see mount fuji mm. they can't book in the weather and of course we picked the worst day so we we get to 
Mount Fuji. The tour actually goes up Mount Fuji to what they call the fifth station. So you get out at the fifth station and there's your typical souvenir shops and tacky, tacky mm. stuff there. But we couldn't see a thing. It was quite funny because you normally get these lovely views from Mount Fuji. Couldn't see a thing. It was all fogged in. So we hopped back in the bus and we'd stopped a place on the way, more souvenir shops. And we stopped for lunch, which was like a big hall and where all the buses stopped for lunch and there was a really cool drum display at lunchtime but it's all very touristy and then we go down to a lake and the lake we're hopping on a on a boat so we're thinking we're doing a cruise around the lake because you're supposed to be able to see Mount Fuji from the lake so we get on the on the boat and we go one stop (laughs) and and there was no Mount Fuji because how long did that stop take oh 20 minutes maybe At the most, 20 minutes. Oh, it was a nice boat, and it would have been a nice view if the weather was better. Then we stopped and went up a cable car to the top of the mountain. So from this cable car, you're supposed to be able to see Mount Fuji again. But it's got its own weather system, hasn't it? Yeah. So And look, that's nobody's fault. But the tour itself was just not for me. But uh, other people that were on the tour were absolutely wrapped. Right. They thought it was a great day, even though they didn't get to see Mount Fuji. The best thing about the day was coming back because we hopped on the bullet train. Yeah, that'd and be good. It was good for, for about 10 minutes, and then it's like any other train. It's going quite, fast, though. It's going fast, but it, where we hopped on, you're going in between stations. Right. So every time it goes through a station, it slows down a little bit. So it's not you don't get that bullet feeling. Oh, They're actually oh, okay. using it now as um, transport. Like a lot of, yeah, a lot oh. of Japanese use it to get in and out of town. Costs Fair them enough. more, but it's you know very very fast way of getting in and out. Mm. Mm. But it was look, it was it was really interesting. But I, it was a you know word of warning. You could do exactly the same trip on your own for a lot cheaper. To Mount Fuji. Yeah, it's a, right. you know we didn't because it was too hard to work out how right. to do it. But had I had longer, and now in hindsight, I could easily work out how to go and do it so you know you just need to go and ask a few people and you could you'd probably be better off catching the bullet train out to it and back and then you can catch the bullet train to a certain point and then you can hop on a bus that takes you up to the fifth station a public bus so it's really quite easy to get up there but you know that's where you do these things and oh these are the lessons you learn yeah absolutely uh, that's the joy of travel i think carolyn jasinski there on her recent trip to japan And it won't be her last, she says. 